Welcome. Hello. This is Technical Difficulties 101. We've kept you waiting, but you're waiting for all the good stuff. Um, uh, welcome to the Orca Pod. Annabelle, you missed why we've now called it the Orca Pod. Do you, did you follow that in last week's episode? No, unfortunately, I have not had an internet connection since, well, I've, I just got internet back at five o'clock this afternoon. I hadn't had it since Wednesday midday. So I, while I've taken extensive notes for this episode, I still need to catch up on the Zaddy saga. And I haven't watched the podcast from last week. So okay. I'm very behind, forgive me. So that's fine. We're the Orca Pod because in the episode, James Wolfe gave this amazing confessional about he how he is the apex predator of the game. And when he's talking about apex predators and everyone below him uh, are the plankton to which he is feeding on. So um, instead of going with, uh, you know, a different sort of apex, <laughs> he went for the whale, and uh, which we thought was particularly crazy given his last name of wolf and he should have gone with like a wolf theme and like done a oh or something at the end of it fun fact the most dangerous animal in the zoo is actually the african wild dog um because they have a 98 percent success rate when it comes to killing if they decide that they want to kill something because of the amazing collaboration that they have. So there you go, African Wild Dog, Fun Facts, and Schneider! Hello, Schneider. Welcome, welcome. 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 So um, that, was the, that was the Orca Pod. So now we're the Orca Pod. It's a testament slash insult to James Wolfe, who I can't wait to get on this show at some point. Um oh, but he's the apex predator. Look, we gave him a lot of credit for the confessional because it's really hard in these uh, games to, you know, do a confessional that's so confident and cocky. But that's what you want to see from a TV point of view. So, you know, claps for doing it. But, you know, it, we're still going to make fun of you for it. Uh, <laughs> okay. So get to this episode. It's a big episode. Annabelle has made notes for me this time. I guess she feels that my rambling you know, thoughts from one point to the next are not delivering the kind of production she's keen to be a part of. A week off and now we have detailed notes. Interesting, but we'll go with it. Um, Passive aggressive, yes. Do I regret it? No. <laughs> it's, we'll see if it improves the show. Um, so we start the episode with... Uh, now, look, I gave... Oh, you missed this as well last week. And I think I have to now place an apology. I was livid. I was angry. I was blasting the production of this show for giving this cast fucking umbrellas, like on Survivor. <laughs> and Ma jumped to its defense saying, you know, it was wet. And I said, I played in wet. You know, I played in wet, Ma. You were there too. She's like, it wasn't the same. It was so wet. And to be honest, this episode sort of made that clear. It was really fucking wet. <laughs> like, oh my God. And you know what? I don't mind seeing other people suffer. I live for that. But what I will not stand for is my own suffering. And the audio quality would have been absolutely disastrous if we did not have umbrellas and we had to listen through that rain noise. Because frankly, it was already a little bit, mm, oh my God, Greg, I'm a huge fan too. Yes. It's the lentil um, king. The lentil king has arrived. Greg, we sent for Greg. 
Um, but no, I'm I'm pro umbrella if only for my own. And can we just moment of appreciation for Liv? She was serving the whole way through this episode, like look after look. And given that they were needing Noah's Ark to get them out of there, I thought that deserved a little bit of extra acknowledgement. Do you think she has like a um, you know a makeup and hair crew? Because you know this season's really gone up to a new level. Do you think she's got that crew back in her trailer? Well, I don't see how else she could be so flawless all the time. I mean, I think there's an army probably of six or seven running around with umbrellas ready to touch her up at any given moment. And Dan as well, of course. He looks just as pretty. So surely the I team's mean, working yes, on Dan funny. as well. The safari suit always flawless. We're missing the Fafari suit with all these rain jackets. It's a bit disappointing. Um, okay, so we have a confessional of uh, so- Sophie says that Liv is a natural beauty. Yeah, um, she's incredible. So she is, yes, I, I-, I agree. I got a um, fresh lesbian manicure just for her. I'm here, Liv. Beautiful, beautiful nails. Um, so we finally got a Kubadang a bit more clarification. They start actually having a bit of a breakdown of who are we actually with? Like, what is our actual alliance? Actually having these discussions at last. We always saw that it was Nick and Ma and then they were decided, and Sophie. And then there was, and they all seemed very connected with each other. There was a conversation with Sophie and Nick about that. Um, And then it's, would we go with uh, Joe and Malcolm? Well, with Malcolm, which sort of means bringing on Joe, or would we go with Michael, which means sort of bringing on, Banfield because those two were sort of connected as loose hookups to that tribe and we obviously got the answer at the end of the episode but they finally were really being clear about their positions yeah I actually drew a very complex diagram I forgot to digitize for this episode but it was really interesting where all the relationships were lining up here and it seemed like Sophie was in the best position so on one hand we've got Michael and Banfield which inevitably becomes fractured when um, Michael our um, snaky king decides to throw Banfield under the bus to protect himself Max loves if you to turn up today, then in the middle, <laughs> I feel got, like no, no um, don't break animal stream. Come on, tush. in the middle, we've got we've got Ma, Nick, and Sophie, right? And then on the side, we've got Mal and we've got Joe. Now, Mal thinks that he's super tight with Ma, Nick, and Sophie, but that's not reciprocated by Ma. Correct. Sophie says Nick is her number one, but we're sensing that Nick's probably going to go with his crush. Um, and we've previously heard that Ma has no interest in working with Sophie a couple of weeks ago. Did something happen last um, episode that I, think I you missed? Mean, where I Ma think, and no, Sophie I think she's always been with Sophie. Joe. No, no, Joe, no. There was a period there where they definitely had a little icing of that. Oh, in the last episode, Sophie's the one that Ma told on the edit about her advantage and what she planned on telling the tribe. So that was the person she was confiding that information in. Okay, cute. But essentially this came down to Ma. So Ma was saying, or it's Ma who's got this connection with Michael and Banfield, or she's got the connection with Michael. Mal has the connection connection with with Banfield. And 
she's thinking about Connor's advice and she thinks ultimately if she's with Sophie, then the numbers therefore are going to be with Malcolm and Joe. So she might have to cut My Michael even though she doesn't want to. Given that Ma has spent so many weeks actively hating on the Maldro contingent, what did we think about this concession from her? Schneider, no one said papyrus, but love that for you, babe. Yeah. Can you hear me? Sorry, technical issues. Yes. All right, Max, hi, you're alive. Hi, guys. Good, to, good to see you. I'm well, thanks. Thanks for asking. Um, I feel like I'm a spectator in, in our own uh, podcast. But anyway, I was early to this and then obviously had some te technical um, difficulties, apologies. But uh, I feel like my hot take's already gone. Um, I came too late to the party, haven't I? Clearly. What do you think about Mars decision to side with the Maldro contingent over the Michael Banfield contingent? That's well, as you as as you said, um, she definitely took Connor's advice, and um, sorry, CK, couldn't couldn't hear you there. I couldn't even interrupt you. I was muted. I'm saying, hang on, we're jumping to the tribal council. You've got all these notes for me to follow. <laughs> we're just constructing. Well, I have. No, I'm just, I'm saying this early. I'm not talking about the tribal council. I'm saying this early. We're right at the beginning. And she's saying she's ready to cut Michael because the numbers are with, look at dot point at the bottom of my back at camp notes here. Yeah, okay, fair, fair. CK, even when you're muted, you somehow cut me off. How does that work? I'm, I'm just that incredible. Oh, this is so annoying. I have the computer. Anyway, um, no, I feel like it was good that Ma took Connor's advice and you, you go to the to the to the side that's gonna win and you stick it, to that side. Is it Connor's advice? It was Machiavelli's advice that Connor regurgitated. You know what? Um, it was Machiavelli's, but I forgot. I forgot the terms. So I didn't want to say it. Looks stupid. It's Machiavelli's so. <laughs> advice that Connor regurgitated, which admittedly is better advice to take than Connor's, because let's face it, he's not exactly George, right? <laughs> like when it comes to survivor strategies, <laughs> like exactly. So I think it's I think it's good that Connor acknowledged his own deficiencies. He's like, I'm going to give you advice from a 15th century politician warmonger as opposed to my survivor skills. But it was the right advice. And I, it was really well edited in actually as a narrative, like as in the, I've got to pick the side. They call back to the Connor cameo, which as we talked about was a it, huge get, makes it relevant. It's a really cool way they brought that all together. Um, with, without jumping forward, TK, great point. I felt like this episode was edited in a really cool way where they just, they had the flashbacks um, from different parts of previous episodes where it reminded the viewers of the situation and explained the situation further. And even even like the sweet touch of um, honoring um, Banfield's grandpa with his uh, the pictures and also the um, the in loving memory at the start. So RIP to Banfield's um, grandfather. Obviously, very sad news when you lose a grandparent. And it's great how um, the people behind the editing or Dan and Liv um, just honoured that. In, in yeah, the, um, the, it was great. yeah, the Australian Survivor, you know. Yeah, well, package, well love the collective. Was really the collective. great. Yeah. And look, really, this the, the editing is great. It went, look, I started off putting it on and we're all watching a hell of a lot of Survivor right now. And I, I'm like, an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. Should have a comment. But, um, I think that was quite pertinent that, 
that Ma was willing to make that move because it was Sophie that was calling the shots and that she's the one who's in the centre of all of these alliances. Yeah, yeah. I'd love so, to do that for you, Banfield. Sorry, CK has all of Yeah, it was an hour and 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be a chore. But it was so well put together that it, even though it was long, and I said it to you to, uh, today when you're going to watch it, Annabelle, it's long, but it's good. And it was a really great way of doing the pre-merge app, of really pulling together all the stories from the pre-merge and now setting us up for the merge. Um, so they did a great job. Should we jump on to Win You um, and yeah. what was going on well, with them? I... I... I wanted to just mention there with the editing um, about, and Blake actually speaking to Banfield's comment, Banfield's story was incredible this episode. Um, not just like the little bits, like the, the callback to his relationship with the iconic Bradley or the time-lapse footage of that shed that was stunning. But even though this is jumping ahead a bit, there was actually this really cohesive storyline for him throughout this episode. So here at this first bit, we have this really um, funny story about Blake's relationship with Grandpa Brad and how they've made these jokes that Bradley, uh, sorry, Blake would never cut it on the real survivor because he's too sheltered. Then, halfway through the episode, we get this really sad music, um, beautifully edited piece about how Banfield's suffering in the rain and he's cold and he's not doing as well as the other players on his tribe. And then it kind of finishes with this, like, beautiful little cherry on top in Banfield's exit confessional where he says, I just didn't play hard enough. I came in here wanting to be this, the glue that held us together. And I just felt like this, this narrative that was kind of started with this conversation with the grandpa saying, are you cutthroat enough for this? Are you built for this, this intense survival situation was really nicely and subtly shown throughout the episode. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really well done. Really well done. I agree. Um, I think what we might do, let's let's do this in a slightly different order now that you've done your notes. Let's keep talking about Kubadang. Hey, I know the lane now. Oh, wow. And that's we know what happens to the challenge. <laughs> we'll talk about the challenge in a minute. We'll talk about the, we'll talk about Kubadang, we'll talk about their tribal, and then we'll do the challenge and then we'll talk about Winyu, right? Oh. As a way of just flagging it. So yeah. that's what's going on with Kubadang. Let's talk about the the vote that they have. Um so they have a vote. They're going to go into this vote. And we talked about the choice. And what, I think we've really talked this quite a bit about why they've chosen Banfield instead of um, Joe. And it was really a choice. It was Sophie's choice. And Sophie has the ability to... Um, I know I'm using the tribe name, Sophie. Because I wrote Sophie, for him. Because I wrote for him. Sophie's the... Yeah, that is the reason they're in front of me. It's all Annabelle. Um, so, so Sophie has the control <laughs> and she makes the decision. Um, and as... Blake said uh, he didn't play hard enough, you know, and I, I don't know if there's any much more to talk about that, that we'll get him on shortly and talk a lot more. Is that something you want to raise? Yeah, I disagree. Um, yeah, so... I think it was Sophie. That's the, the comment said Sophie. No, Sophie was, Sophie was absolutely critical, but we've actually got two sides here. So we've got Nick Mar Banfield who uh, want Joe, and then we've got Mal, Joe, Sophie, who want either Michael or Banfield with Mal with a preference for Michael. But it's actually, this is what I wanted to kind of 
maybe unpack a little bit with Banfield when we get to talk to him. Michael pulls Sophie aside. Michael identifies he's potentially in a bit of trouble here and gets on the front foot and throws his number one ally under the bus and says, look, he's got lots of friends on the other tribe. Little do they know about Nick. And says, um, this Banfield guy, is his name Blake? Is his name Bradley? Is his name Banfield? We've got to get him out. And And then, yes, Sophie is the one who convinces Nick and Ma to go with that. I, I also think Ma has the relationship with Michael, but not with Banfield. Had they yeah. pushed for Michael, maybe she'd have pushed back. But yes, I, I do think, so. think it's, it's Michael getting on the front foot here as well. And, and there's no doubt that they're looking at, they've got the numbers going into merge. And with the numbers going into merge, your risks are players that are going to want to take the next phase of the game. Cooper Dang, we're not going to final six. That's not happening. Time to make some moves, right? And that's not Joe. Like, look, I could be wrong. She could blow me out of the water, but she seems like she's a loyal player who's going to stick with the people she's aligned to. She's not going to be making the big flip and doing a big move. Banfield, look, I've only watched him on the show, but two minutes into watching him on the show, I felt this is the guy that'd be willing to make the big move and the big flip in the merge. Um, so I feel like it is the right target for the tribe with the numbers. I feel like they made the right decision there. I think I think he could have blown the game wide open. Very smart, um, very high survivor IQ, I should say, rather. Even even to the point of the, the strategic jumper that he brought in. Yes, um, but do you know who doesn't have a high survivor IQ? Michael. Now... Ah, uh, no, I disagree. No, no, no. I disagree. He said on the prior episode, when he got the Rock's advantage, hmm, that he was going to tell them it was an idol, he could only play at 10 or 5. And I said, no one's going to believe that. Everyone watches Survivor. They know what a legacy idol works. But not only does he, he do that, he actually uses the word legacy and expects people not to realise. And Mal's immediately like, oh, yeah, so he's got an idol that he can bequeath the people because that's how legacy idols work. Like, Michael, what, what were you immediately comes out and gives everyone a major incentive to target him, which is, again, why I think that we need to give him some credit um, for throwing out Banfield's name because knowing he announced to the whole tribe, I have a legacy advantage, it doesn't matter what, only Joe was confused by it. Everybody (laughs) else knew exactly what he had um, and... The fact he managed to get away with that was absolutely incredible. Max have an opinion on it because I want to talk about Sophie's snafu as well. Max, sorry. Yes. Yes. Do you have a feeling about Michael's snafu? I think. I think no. I was saying. I think Michael has high survivor IQ. I think. Yeah, this was, um, but this was a mistake. He's, he's obviously made. He's made mistakes, but he's um he's come back strong, as Annabelle said. He's. He knew he was one of the people being targeted in that particular vote. And he threw the, he deflected. He deflected. He, he Look, saved I'm the. Giving, re- I'm just giving him shit for the legacy thing. He is good at Survivor, but the legacy I, thing was stupid. Especially <laughs> when we saw Mel explaining his idol to us in his confessional. I thought that yeah, was like, brilliant. Yeah, was like- <laughs> and that, that happened a little bit early. That happened earlier um in the episode before michael actually actually explained to the whole tribe about the idol so i thought yeah, i like that little the word legacy ends with an idol like yeah. we all watch and and, and mal as we know is a massive 
uh, Survivor fan and yeah. another another one with a huge Survivor IQ. So he's 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 aware of everything. He as soon what? as you just hang he, on, I'm going to change up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna now I'm going to change up the format even more. I'm going to change no, up. The I have something to say first. Okay. Before you change the format, change the format. I I think. This is where, I mean, I know Banfield's played minis, but I think this is where Michael's extensive org experience really made a difference. And Max, we've lost your video <laughs> and your, your microphone. Um, and that's getting on the front foot. So, yeah, he made the, the F up with the legacy, the legacy confession, but then immediately knowing, shit, I'm probably on the front foot and getting really aggressive in that gameplay is something you wouldn't do if it was your first time playing something like this. Banfield played orgs maybe five to ten years ago. Okay. Well, right. when you were seven? You Banfield. <laughs> um, no, like, okay, so here's how I'm going to change the format because we've got Banfield waiting. Let's bring Banfield in. Let's chat with Banfield. Then we'll take Banfield <laughs> out. Then we'll do win you. We'll talk to Haley, and then we'll bring them both together at the end. Perfect. Sounds like a All right. plan. Because we've only talked about Kubadang. So let's bring in the man, the myth, the legend, Blake Bradley. Is there other Bs in there? Triple B, Banfield. Welcome Banfield. to the program. Hey, honey. Hello, everyone. Hey, <laughs> now, uh, look, just, just quickly, let me. Uh, my partner's watching Big Bang in the background. So just let me know if you can hear that. No, it's not too bad. Like, it's a little noise, bad. I can sort of hear it. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, my important question to you, right? You're called Banfield because you go by the name Banfield. It's a pretty simple explanation to give to anyone. Why the elaborate lies about the name? This goes back to before the game started. So, what happened was um, just before our first challenge, like before the cameras were on, we're all in a circle telling each other's names. And someone asked, um, then it came to my turn. And someone asked me, it's like, oh, what's your name? I was like, oh, Banfield. It's like, oh, okay. It's, that must be your last name. What's your first name? I was like, oh, it's Banfield. And I was like, your first name is Banfield? I was like, oh, what have I done? I just butchered this so bad. <laughs> And then I doubled down on that. I didn't put down the shovel. No, I did. I dug deeper. They said, "Oh, so what's your last name?" And I was like, "Oh, oh, Bradley." I was like, "Oh, wait, no, Banfield. That doesn't make any sense." <laughs> Banfield, Bradley, Banfield. <laughs> it's really, really. This I am on camera. It was for us. Social the... anxiety just triggered, and I was just oh, fucked everything. Babe, what a mess! Look, I I love the method. I love. I don't. There's a real survivor strategy. I know this probably wasn't your strategy, but there's a real survivor strategy to introducing yourself with some sort of nickname. Like certainly, when I introduced myself in Melbourne Survivor as CK, the only people that actually fucking called me CK were the people that were actually aligned with me, and the people that weren't kept calling me Chris. It was a pretty good fucking indication of who actually respected my wishes and who didn't. It's a little survivor tactic for those out there. You're so right, Chris. You're so right. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird, <laughs> isn't it? Banfield, I have a burning question. So we've talked about um, Michael's legacy advantage, but Sophie came back from um, the sacrifice last episode and she told you all, I was magnanimous. I knew Haley. She's suffering. I said, Haley, take the advantage. I don't want a bar of it. And then only moments later, you are at the challenge, and it's very loudly announced by Dan. 
Well, Sophie, due to your decision at the sacrifice the other day, you need to sit out of this challenge. And yet we saw no blowback from that whatsoever. Can you just talk me through, was there something that we didn't see? What were you thinking or feeling? Uh, honest to God, it was the weather. I did not give a shit what Dan and Liv were saying at that time. I didn't care why Sophie sat out. I was just like, I am fucking cold. I was sitting there, I was like, <laughs> the whole time. I just wanted to sit down and get out of the rain. I just didn't give a shit. <laughs> Fair enough. I think there is a there's a really good narrative Sophie could have actually spun about it once she found out what the challenge was, because it was for individual immunity, it could have been that Haley had an ability to take someone out of the challenge as an advantage. It only really works once you get there and you find that out, and then you're pretty good at spinning some lies. But, like, it was sort of there more than any other. I didn't understand why she was lying. I don't understand why anyone was lying about the ultimate sacrifice. Everyone knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but you didn't get so to go, you... though, did you, Banfield? No, so uh, at that eating challenge, um, when yeah. they picked Malcolm instead of me, um, I, and I was looking at me, and I kind of just backed away behind Malcolm because they had picked James, and I already knew everyone thought I was tight with James. So if I was like, oh, I'm going to go off to the ultimate sacrifice with James, oh, I'm just going to kill myself my game. So I'll just say, hey, don't or pick me, pick that guy. you could have got safety without power. See, I didn't think that far ahead because, <laughs> well, I was too busy freezing to death. <laughs> You were shivering quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, they they even gave you that edit as well. In that moment, Banfield, how comfortable were you feeling within your tribe and your alliance? Oh, what alliance? By the oh, so Michael, challenge. You had Michael. Did you believe who, you were Michael? Who, who was your alliance? Let him talk, CK. <laughs> I had no one. Chris. The narrative was spun by um, Canberra Survivor. Everyone thought I was with Michael. Michael stopped talking to me after like the third challenge. He was hanging out with Mar and Nick for the rest of the game. So every time I tried to get a one-on-one -on -one chat with anyone, they just more or less brought someone else in. It's like, quick, come help me out here kind of thing. It's like I was on the bottom from like yeah, round three, really. Why, why do you think that was? Because of the whole fucking name gate saga. <laughs> oh, really? Was that bad? Who ever well, thought someone's identity could cause so much chaos? Like, why was it such a problem how I choose to identify myself? Because you kept lying about it! Yeah, that's why! The story you gave it's confessional... Name. It's not even worth lying about! The story you gave to confessional about being at primary school and there were a bunch of Blakes and so you were Banford and so you go by Banford is a perfectly legitimate story. That would have been fine if I didn't fucking dig deep the fucking first second of being there in the group <laughs> it's a nerve-wracking shovel it would have been fine sophie says that um she thought you and michael were tight and she was shocked when you said oh when michael said he was happy to vote you out so no. it wasn't just the edit no, I, Apparently. I, was, I was on the bottom no one, no one wanted to talk to me no one wanted to strategize with me like the person that talked to me most was like nick this is very sad. I don't like. I don't like how people weren't even fake strategizing with you. No, no, no. Like I giving you some hope. So talk to me about your relationship with Nick. Let's hear about uh, that. It was, it was just him being nice. That's all that was. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I'll you know, I'll, I'll drip feed you some, some sort of uh, oxytocin or something to make yourself feel better. <laughs> this, sounds, this is getting very sad, Danfield. Can yeah. we? Can we pick this up? I feel oh, very no. sorry for you now. <laughs> <laughs> Not the way I thought this was going. <laughs> no. 
Right, crack out the sad violins, boys. We're going down depression. And, and this is coming from someone who I get, I get about thirty seconds an episode to say something, and <laughs> you're waste of being cold. depressed. Yeah, no, it's it's because Chris talks all the time. Isn't that right, Chris? I mean, CK. It's, we won't do this. It's, it's CK. <laughs> No, the it's going to be Banfield from now on. It's, it's Ban. I'm now Banfield. <laughs> it's my name. But as, oh, as a Survivor fan, Banfield, how was the experience for you? Um, how did you prepare? Incredible. How did you, like, did you do anything to prepare for this in, did you watch previous seasons? Did you watch uh, Survivor Australia seasons? Like, did you go on runs? What happened? What was, what was... <laughs> No, I don't, did you pick out? Did you buy that in. jumper? <laughs> I bought Max, the jumper. I bought the jumper. Max is just trying to cut people off because he's always the one being cut off. See, so thank you. It comes full circle now. <laughs> I shouldn't be no, cutting so, off the guests. That's bad. You're cutting them off again. Let Banfield speak, Max. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Now, Shut Nathan, up, now, Max. You, now yeah, you know yeah, how yeah, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to give the guests the the real experience. <laughs> 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 That'll do it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to ask the other. Po- oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. You can join the back here, the other pod, whatever it's called. I don't care. Be serious oh. over there. This is the fun show. I, I can't even remember the fucking question. Was. <laughs> That's why this is the fun day? show. You have How a special you- diet. Did you work out for this 24-hour experience? <laughs> <laughs> what? Not at all. I bought the jumper. That was about it because I wanted to be, you know, fun and quirky. But yeah, it kind of. Was do you think like you came across? Do you think you came across as fun and quirky? Oh God, no! Fucking everyone pinned me on this like big old threat. It's like I really just wanted to have a good time, just hang out with people and have a bit of a laugh. But like everyone took their game so seriously. As soon as I would fucking have found... Gate saga went out. I just, I, I may as well just been fucking sitting in my car for the rest of the day. Fucking hell. <laughs> Namegate is my favorite thing now, really. Uh, I, I, I think so I, I was intimidated by the jumper. I would have been intimidated by the jumper and I would have used it as a reason to like throw you under the bus if I was playing with you. Yeah, but t- truth be told, aside from my identity, aside from my personal life, I did not tell a lie the whole game strategy-wise or anything like that. And yet I was still considered untrustworthy and threatening. Well, I or said before... I said before that if you got to the merge, you were the sort of guy who could look to flip and turn it into exciting. Are you that sort of guy or am I doing a misread there? It all comes down to a variable at that point because of where I was in that position. Then, of course, uh, flipping was definitely uh, sort of in the narrative just because I had nowhere else to go. Why would I be the bottom of a six-person alliance? Now, fuck that. Mm. So, Um, yeah. Talk to me about, I think, a really interesting narrative we're seeing this season or we're seeing but is unspoken is about the pre-game relationships um and I think that you you obviously have a very surface level pre-game relationship compared to say Nick on your tribe who has very close relationships with some of the people on the other tribe talk to me about your pre-game relationships and how you thought those were going to factor into your game versus how they really did uh, well, truth be told, uh, the the orca, big wolf dog, <laughs> he and I actually hosted a podcast together. Ooh, okay. Yeah, he Ooh. and I hosted a Survivor podcast together, maybe oh. a few years ago now. Um, but yes. Yeah, so how long, how long did you do that podcast for? Sorry, sorry. That's how long close. Was 
four episodes. Okay, so he died quickly. Yeah, it wasn't really like a longevity thing, you know, kids and life and shit. So, but that's fun whilst it lasted. But yeah, yeah, going into that, I didn't know he was playing. So he was the first person I saw on the day. So I was was first person to show up. Next was James. Next was John. But they arrived like at the same time. So I walked up to James and be like, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Banfield, trying to emphasize my name and who I was going with into the game. Yes, and, and plenty of emphasis. And then um, he turned around at the very first tug of war challenge when he and I went into the challenge to verse each other. He said, "All right, Blake, let's do this." <laughs> oh like, no! Are you fucking serious? <laughs> no. So is, is that why people thought? Is that why people thought you were close? Because he was calling yeah. you a different name? Yeah. That's exactly why. I mean, in I, fairness, I he's calling you by your middle name. That's pretty. That's pretty buddy buddy stuff. You're making me cringe. <laughs> do you do you think the orca was throwing you under the bus here, or you think he just did not realize you were playing such a tiered level of different name game? <laughs> you know, an unforeseen survivor approach. Mate, I was playing checkers. He was playing chess, like for sure. <laughs> you must have cut him off too many times in the in the podcast in the past. And just had to I get you back. I, I was the CK. He was the Max. That's what happened. <laughs> I think it might be the other way around. Um, (laughs) You literally stole Max's strategy to win an orc recently, babe. Don't even at him. I was doing it facetiously and still won. It was very weird. (laughs) Like, CK's playing chess. I'm not even playing checkers. I'm playing noughts and crosses. That's how far the (laughs) line is. Uh, yeah, I want to say, James. Um, sorry, how did you quickly. feel, with James? Yeah, sure, uh, uh, excuse me, Max. <laughs> Calm down. I was CK. <laughs> how did you feel about the farewell <laughs> message that somebody? <laughs> what? I want a question. He's fucking trying to tell you something before you ask a question. Shut up. Oh, is he? Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Continue. Hang on. So, if anyone was actually paying attention, at the ultimate sacrifice of episode. Um, they didn't actually show the conversation between Mal and James. Yes! What had happened was that I had a chat to Mal after the game and then went to Dan after the game with that information was that James was actually dragging me, like, on a pretty harsh level, apparently. I don't know what was actually said. Um, and I just went to Dan just like, hey, um, if this is actually true, can we just, you know, not just drag my personal character here? And Dan was like, you know what? there's actually no point to showing this bit because it doesn't play into the narrative whatsoever anyway. So yeah, sure, I'll cut that out. Wow. So that's no, what we, happened after that ultimate that, sacrifice when Mal and I thought they just back. lost the footage, like yeah, a regular amateur show. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's horrible. Wow. Uh, have you spoken to James about that since? Because you have had a relationship, and for him to be dragging you personally, like that's a bit more than the game. So what we're not I hearing since? you. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, is that better? Yeah. yeah. So, is that, say <laughs> yes. again? Uh, so I don't know what the actual truth of the matter is, but he did try and message me a couple of times afterwards, unrelated to the game. No, no apologies or anything. But then um, until like last night when I was on the other show, mm-hmm. um, I made mention of this as well. And then he sent me a personal message saying, hey, I don't know what was said or anything like that, yada, 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 but I apologize for this kind of stuff. I was like, I, you know what? I just don't have time for it. This is some hard-hitting stuff. Um, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm really sorry that happened to you. That's a, 
Like to be I'm sorry, so... but I also reserve the right to make slanderous comments about your character in the future should I feel like it. So I also reserve the right to start a campaign to make Dan release the footage. But like, uh, I'm still very sad about the situation. At me if it's within the confines of the game. I don't give a shit. Like yeah. if it's outside the game. Then... Fucking. Well, he, he well because he knew he knew nothing about you in the game because you were never together. Oh, so, it was so it ha- outside the game, comments. so it had to be stuff about he knew about Dude. Barefoot outside the game. The way he was dragging him, because what could he say about him in the game? They never played together. He doesn't know what Banford's doing. And Banford's not really doing anything over there except getting his name wrong. So there's nothing really to, like, drag him about, right? So, yeah, it must have been a bit more. And for Dan to cut it, it had to be more personal than that. Yes, um, but truthfully, if, if, you know, if you are playing the game to the person on the other tribe's preference of him wanting me out, why would you allow yourself to be playing the other tribe's game? Would you not want to keep the person that they're scared of? Yeah, I also think it's stupid that James wouldn't go for the advantage when you're down in numbers going into a merge. It's just silly as well. I don't know. Uh, I have some very hot takes about the other tribe, actually, if we're yeah. ready to keep Banfield. Okay, off. so what, what we're going to do, I want to say one more thing to you, and then we will bring you back after we've interviewed Hayley and we'll get you all together for like a group love thing. Now, how did you feel when you got voted out and someone said something about go be with your kids? I have kids, right? If, you, if I got voted out and someone said that to me, I'd want to punch him in the face. Like, Also, you have what? kids. You do not. You I was like, Dad, it was giving Brady. Yeah, Brady. Uh, did you, so but Brody. did you, um, did you, did you like that or not like that? Like, I love my kids, yeah, was... but also like, I'm here to play. Well, it was disrespectful, but at the same time, I didn't want to rustle any feathers. I what was cut out after I got voted out was I turned around and said, "All right, um, guys." I had like a thirty to sixty second monologue of me just like, you know, "Good luck, guys. Let's go get them." You go, you guys are final six, purple strong, yada yada. And I just fucking left, and then yeah, for that comment, I'd be like, "Excuse me, like the fuck did I do?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think she thought she was being nice, but it's not. It'd be annoying. It'd be an annoying. Like, like, yes, you care about your kids. You want to be with your kids and you love them. But equally, you came here to play a two-game game of Survivor. Getting voted out at the end of day one and seeing my kids doesn't make me happy about the fact I got voted out. Like, it wasn't a 50-day game of Survivor where I'm desperately missing my children. It's one day and I wanted to make day two. Before the podcast started. She was trying to join <laughs> and CK was like, fuck off. <laughs> oh, you my kids. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I don't want to put her on TV. Like, you know. Okay, so we're but going, I have an image we're going to maintain, you... so. <laughs> Everyone knows I have a kid. I'm the cool dad. I'm going to take you out of the thing and then we'll bring you back. You follow, you listen, comment, and we'll bring you back with Hayley a bit later. But that was oh, awesome. Thank enough. you. So well, it was awesome. It was incredibly sad and my heart yeah. is broken, but it was also we awesome. Stand you back is. I, I'm, I'm shooketh, but lovely <laughs> to meet you, Fairfield. Mm. Oh, and we'll, to you guys. We'll see you in a bit. The triple B of my heart. What an amazing guy. What a horrible story. I would be uh, friends yeah. with him. Jesus. Yeah. I, the people that were on Bang that weren't friends with Banfield can all go suck it, frankly. <laughs> um, let's great. quickly talk about the challenge. It was a gross food yeah. challenge. And yeah. I'm pretty sure Matt, which, which, I'm pretty sure Matt, huh? Which one couldn't you eat? All of them. He's a vegetarian. He's allergic to shellfish. I literally couldn't eat a single one of those. The centurion egg. Yeah. That's that yeah, getting that on the show. Egg that have No, that's no, the grossest that... one. That was the grossest one. For me, that is probably Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, the other uh, the other four great. I could smash down. 
I thought the other four I could smash down pretty easy. But the yes. egg, look, at the egg, I, I'm going for immunity then, so I can probably do it. I thought about buying one and like eating it on the show just to show how tough I am. But then I'm like, no, I'm not that tough. You're going to do so it on the show it. just to prove a point? <laughs> You're probably yeah. gagged. Why oh, are you okay. shocked? CK, next I have week, a strong stomach. To... I can do this stuff. Would you do it on the it's podcast? my challenge. On the podcast. How about yep. next week on the podcast? I don't know. It seems a bit gross. I'm not doing it for immunity. I'll do the oyster in the jelly. No, no, no. As in do the oyster it next in the jelly would be delicious. If I wasn't incredibly allergic to oysters now, I could do the oyster in the jelly. I loved the faces Michael was doing in this challenge. I gave yeah. you so, I, he was, it was some incredible work. Everything he was eating, he was having such a visceral, physical reaction in his face too. Mark Banfield Michael were the MVPs of facial expressions. I'm pretty sure that Mars facial expression made the episode. It's the thumbnail. It's the thumbnail, th- and, yeah. And they've done her dirty there. It's but it's I think she's it's... always I'm pretty sure from the moment we've met her, she's always said she wanted to do a gross food eating challenge. And she yeah, was Yeah, I think I think yeah. that's right. And and Anna or Amy as uh Anna, yes. As, as Mel loves to loves to say. As, uh, as well as to call her, Amy, uh, she was incredible. I, put, I I thought she was actually having, until she didn't get her way on the vote, I thought she was having a bit of an MVP episode. And then she didn't get away. You go, Max, so. you go, Max, because I've got some opinions on this one. My, my, in my notes that I made over this episode, I thought she had, see, I agree with you, CK, she was having a fantastic episode. Even the way she was, that that long little um, discussion she had with Haley about the the vote, where she was acting all, it, I perceived it. I, I, I feel like Anna has a very high survival IQ. I've said this a lot this episode, but she's one of the the players that I feel like knows the game really well. And to to talk to Haley in a way where she was asking about, oh, what happens if I can pass on this individual immunity? Can I do that? And just kind of just dumbing down the situation. To do you think she's dumbing down the questions? She's making herself look dumber about Survivor I, I, than she is. I, I 100% believe that. Um, I might be proven wrong, but I feel like she she knows exactly what she's doing. And then the contrast from her conversations with Haley, who Anna knew they were targeting, mm-hmm. versus um, chats with John and and the Orca, are a lot more strategic. Where she's showing her cards to her alliance. I I agree. I I get two impressions of her too. I think that sometimes she's playing incredibly smart, but she does also come across as as not as smart, but it does definitely feel like it's deliberate. Um, I, I agree. I think she's she's deliberately it's, playing it playing tactic, into people's tactic. perception of her as as not being too survivor savvy. But I think she really sort of knows what's going on quite yeah, well. Very, she, she didn't get away on the vote here, but like because I think I think what came down here was it made sense to vote out Haley for the reasons they did, and she just didn't want to do that because she was that close to her. But but she wanted to flush Mel's idol. That's the thing. That and now, I feel like... that makes no sense. That's a stupid move. I'm not into that. You're not into that. They are and... a minority number going into merge with a super idol. Like there's no advantage for use for your tribe to get the numbers back, and you want to flush it. Why? But if you're in Anna's situation, I'm not sure how close they are um, in an alliance. Mel's always going to be using that idol for herself, I assume. You have two, but you have two options. You have two options, right? You go, you get to merge and we go, Mel, 
bring in the super idol. Let's use it. We can save whoever, whoever from us gets voted, and then we can turn this game around. That's number one. Yeah. Okay. You don't think that's going to happen? You go to the other tribe and go, Mel's got a super idol. You're probably going to... So what are you going to do about that? Like, um, maybe we should all just load up on her and then, you know, you can split on like one of my other people that I want to throw under the bus. Like, you know, like you can use it both ways. I don't understand why you wouldn't keep it. Particularly yeah, with the I'm numbers as they were. I'm here and tell you you're both wrong and I think you've been fooled by the edit. This was an absolute hot mess of an episode for Anna. She would be an absolute nightmare to work with. And I think that this was the nail in her coffin. I think her pre-existing relationships of what have kept her in this game. And I think it's nothing but downhill from her from here. She is the one who refused to let Mel in the vote last round, even though Mel would have been on board with that. Mel has a super idol. Mel told Anna she has a super idol. Anna knows this information and still chose to vote for Mel. Anna has voted incorrectly three out of four votes. Anna <laughs> says we need to isolate this person who will still be in the game going into the merge who will now distrust us. Anna comes and says we need to split the votes, but I don't want them to be on Haley, but I don't want them to be on James Wolf but I'm not going to tell anyone that I want them to be on John and actually, John, you're critical to my plan working. So she not only does she come up with this completely cooked plan to try and flush an idol and create an enemy, but she doesn't actually have an alternative plan to put forward. She's inflexible when it's pointed out how bad this plan is to the point where they then feel like they have to leave her out of the vote and she loses her number one ally while isolating her other allies from them. I felt like she came out looking really good in that challenge and they gave her an incredibly generous um, edit. But I feel like when we go into next episode, there is not a single person on her original tribe who wants to work with her. Yeah, the gun was loaded it. and you pulled the trigger. <laughs> bing, bing. I oh. can see it. But I still think flushing the super idol is a stupid play. What do you think about that? Oh, so stupid. So yeah. when when James came back and the first thing he said is, what are you talking about? She'll still be in the game. She won't trust us and we're merging. I and mean, we don't I, have the super idol anymore. Had, the plan she went to John with was, oh, are you fine with us putting three votes on Mel, one vote on you and one vote on James? No, or like one vote on Haley and one vote on whoever, you or James. Terrible. Um, yeah, Mel, she is a <laughs> Amy cannot get your name out of her mouth. Um, and you can't get the name Amy out of your mouth. It That's is, funny. it was, don't give me nice comments, stunning. When I saw Anna with her hair scooped up underneath that beanie, it reminded me just how gay I am. Absolute stunner, <laughs> and I would forgive her for anything. And if I was editing this show, I would also make her the hero of this show. So do but you think that if you were there, you'd be fooled by her silly plans and want yeah, to go no, If I was there, I would be like, yes, girl, I'll do whatever you say. Let's do it. Let's do a one 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 on the three of us like, yeah, and see we'll what happens. Put the votes on me, babe. That would be me, 100%. But this was, Mel and John ran this vote. And I ultimately feel like it was John because Mel wanted to vote Woof. 
And John said, no, 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 we need to get rid of Haley, which split up their Mean Girls Alliance. Those two ran this vote. Anna drove her game into the ground. There's an important part that you missed in the last episode that wasn't actually in the episode, but John told us in the comments that before the Simon boot, um, uh, Mel told James and John that she has the super idol. Okay. So, so when Anna was like, she's got the super idol, doesn't everyone know about that? And they're like, John's like, I don't know about that. That's bullshit. He did know about it. It wasn't in the edit, but he's told us in the comments that he knew all about the super idol. So obviously James and John are going to be working with Mel. Like they just had to paint this edit like it was going to be a bit more interesting than it was, I think. Yeah, actually, I when I drew the diagram for this tribe of who's aligned with who, uh, John is in the best position. He's the only person who was aligned with everybody. Um, so we have Haley, Mel, John, who were in the Mean Girls Alliance. We've got Mel and Haley who were happy to vote together on this. We've got Wolf, Anna, John who are working together. Um, I think oh, I did try and push James under the bus with Haley because you know exactly. So up after this, what, last were spiteful, vote, Mel, uh, what was she spiteful about? The, because the Mel was left out after the last vote ah, and really yes. trusted James. Yeah. And this was another thing I wanted to give John. Uh, they left him out. They left her out for no reason. Because was, Anna was, pushed for it, which she said this episode she doesn't trust Mel. And what was, what was Mel going to do? Like, what does it matter? We're going back to the Simon vote here, but what does it matter if Mel knows? You just tell her we're all voting for Simon. What's she going to do? Play her super idol? She could fucking do that anyway. It doesn't <laughs> make no sense. And John is the one who does, I think this really saved John as well, who does the recon on that. So James is running around being a straight man, not realizing he's pissed off a really important woman with a super idol. And John is like, I need to get Mel back on side. Mel girl, it was nothing about you. You and I, we are like this. Whatever you want to do with this vote, we'll do it, except maybe we should just do what I want to do. Um, he, I <laughs> and, felt like really clutched up there. Yeah, he also had that bit that like we know John, as everyone who watches knows, where Haley was trying to talk about some plan, he just cut her off with an over-exuberant, like, no, 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 what do we do? John does that when he's like, so you're talking into shit to him that he doesn't agree with it, he just cuts you off. I uh, and and I and you know, Max knows all about that as well. Uh, and well, being um, cut off. <laughs> yes, you know all about being cut off. Um, and then uh, we bring in the, um, do we agree with, before we bring in Haley? do we agree with the thought process of like the injury would actually be a hindrance to the rest of them in a merge sense? She would be not targeted for not being able to win challenges or do we think that that was just a convenient excuse for John James to spin about why they should be getting rid of her and not Mel, who they couldn't get rid of anyway, but you know. I think it's a convenient excuse, but I also think they would that Wolfie is a naturally more alienating figure than Haley. And if you have a closer relationship with Wolfie already, then you you stick with Wolf you stick with Wolf because they're always gonna vote him out before you. What did you think? Yeah. Yeah, it's that sort of person, isn't it, that rolls into the merge. Big shoulders. Like strutting his way in, thinking he's got this whole thing under control, and then they're all like yeah, let's get rid of him. Though they don't get rid of him, they get rid of his faithful sidekick first. Just like how, just, you know, they get rid of the faithful sidekick and then they get rid of the egomaniac. So it's John, then the egomaniac. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Would you like an opinion, Max? Do I do I deserve one? I don't know. 
Let's 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 talk to Haley. I'd like to okay. I'd like to talk to Haley. Bring it in, Haley. Look, let's, let's be bring real. out some comments as well, though. I want okay, to shame and shame Greg for being a stanner. Greg's, Greg's a stanner. The Lentil King loves the stanner. I think I think Greg would be a Wolf fan as well. Um, and then we bring in uh, Mel, who says we wanted James because he's a great shield. Spot on, Annabelle. Your takes are hot as ever. Um, we'll bring in Haley, who I think, but for this injury would have gone very deep in this game. I think before the injury, she was had amazing connections. She's clearly got a great survivor brain, uh, and she was good at the challenges, but not too good. I think she would have been a huge player, and so it was really sad that this injury knocked her out, but I'm glad she was able to last a, f- a few more um, rounds, and that gave her a great narrative as well, which was always you know good to enjoy. So bringing in Haley, welcome. Hello, hello. How are we? Hi, Queen. Great to see you again. Thank you, Hi, thank Haley. You. Is, is this going to be a positive interview or a lot of but we also got quite depressed during it? Is this going to be fun oh, and depressive or just fun? Um, I <laughs> look, love Banfield, but I think my tribe liked me, so I think we're good. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going that way. Steiner, <laughs> <Diner>, everyone. <laughs> oh, it's why you come to the Orca podcast, it's all spice. And nothing nice. All spice I, and a little bit of... I'm going to say it right off the bat. It's it's very briefly touched on in my pregame content. I came into the game wanting to be a villain. And I got an over-the-top hero edit <laughs> medevac, basically. Um, my... Everything I have ever wanted came crashing down around me. Um, so if I can be a little bit of a villain, I'll, I'll say something worse. Um, but if I can there's, be a bit of a no villain in the post game, <laughs> um, I'll have to make up for it here. Okay. Beautiful. This is your time. I'm so. sorry, but sometimes people just have natural hero or villain energy, Han, and people have always scanned you. Whether you like it or not, you might just actually be a lovable person. I know. I, I exude natural hero energy. I feel. Oh, fuck off! Right? Shut up. Please, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, okay. Well, going on that note, mm. you said in this in episode six, the one we just watched, how much of a lovely person <laughs> the orca five. was. <laughs> so five, and I and I just you know I'm looking at the two of you, and in a, I can't see you clicking that way. Is that legitimately? Oh, I guess because you wanted to be a villain. So you're like, I like his villain style. Is that what we're going at here? Uh, no, like I, I do like James. I think he's, it, it's like a different energy. We're not, we're not similar people by yeah. any, any stretch of the imagination. Um, we have very different ideals um, just in life, but also in Survivor. Um He's the very put on, um, like circus master ringleader character. Um, I am not, <laughs> to put it simply. Um, but I also think, like, so much of Survivor is always going to be like connecting with people that you aren't like. Um, I would hate having to play with eight different versions of myself. Um, one is too many. Um, so like another bunch of people like me, no, ma'am, 
give me give me something different um give me the simons of the world give me the jameses of the world i'll still vote them out but like they're kind of fun to play with you were you were so well connected with everyone on that tribe. Like it didn't matter if it was Zaddy Simon or like slightly weird Joseph or you know <laughs> Alpha James. Like you were hooked in with every single one of them. And which I do is want such to talk a about game. those relationships that you made in sure. the game. Yes. But I want to talk about first. Um, I'm I'm just interested in the story we're not seeing with the pregame because what CK might be missing is that Haley was on production, so seeing all the behind-the-scenes footage for James Wolfe's absolute hot mess. Um, hot mess express perjury game? Hot mess express perjury is it, is, game. Is this the one you played, Annabelle? Or? No, this was the one before. Annabelle was the game. season after, yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, is this the one that, like... And given a talking to. So Haley must have come in with somewhat of a negative preconception on how this was going to go with James. And I wanted to know, because there's so many perjury outcast um tangential Alumni. people here, yes. how that affected things in the game. Um I I genuinely don't think it had much of an impact at all. I know you're gonna call bullshit. No, um, I, I, I think it could have had a negative impact on that relationship in some ways. Like, that's what I want to uh, know. Right, okay. Um, Not, not like, hugely, because I, I actually conducted James's cast interview for that season. Um, and so we sort of had, it was a really long chat, um, like 40 minutes. Um, I'm sure you remember what your interview was like. Yeah, they sorry, are... I messy so i'm confused what did you work together on the pod on production or you were i was production, production he was playing he was a contestant on yes the first sorry season. okay got it yes. no, thank you yeah yeah um so yeah, i ran his interview um yeah. we kind of gelled just in that sort of weird interview kind of way which is obviously not like a standard friendship because friendships aren't interviews um but i i had that sort of conversation mm. to base off of regardless of anything else that happened um in that so yeah you, you I, had, I had more like, of a real a real conversation yeah. as opposed to watching him play a game where you might be like just or playing a game. how he would play a game the interview is well, how would you play yeah. a game right like For that's sure. what i think is interesting yeah yes um yeah like i i probably had a little bit of insight but i i hate um when games are dictated by pre-game relationships and i really tried to make a, an effort to not let it come into play like i didn't know james was playing i didn't know nick was playing um i saw nick arrive we were both signing like our little waiver mm. i turned to my right and nick's there and i just like exclaim what the fuck are you doing here um and all productions like shush, shush, shush you can't talk you, no no we're cutting <laughs> this off um and i was like so i i had no idea any of these people were playing i was going in completely blind um there's and there's something that canvas Canberra Survivor has had quite an outcast, a perjury sort of connection because there's people on season one right from it as correct well. yes yeah. um brad so and ben yeah, Ben. Ben's the one that interviewed me, right? I didn't get on perjury. 
He said I was too confident, I feel. <laughs> I like, this guy, I think he said to Annabelle, oh, like, this guy really rates himself, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> he's Shady a lovely guy. Yeah, that was like two yeah, years ago, CK, get over it. <laughs> nah, I forget every time I, I remember every time I wasn't casted. It's, it's like a dagger through the heart. <laughs> yeah. oh, so talk to uh, me about your really close relationship. So the, the show tries to paint that it was you and Anna. Is that how it really was? Um, to a degree. My, okay, straight up, my number one was John from the second we arrived. Yeah. Um, like I... We didn't have a mat, Banfield mentioned. We sort of stood in, like, little circles um, yeah. in our tribe colours and just chatted to each other about, like, our names and what we do and all that sort of really base-level stuff for about 20 minutes. Um, and I just felt it with John. Um, like, there was just a, a click. Um, and then that sort of little three, the mean girls, happened um, with Mel. Um, and I really liked Mel and really trusted her until the um, whole advantage fiasco happened and she very blatantly lied to me on multiple occasions. And I was like, okay, that changes things. Um, And then Anna sort of became a close ally of mine as the game went on because it it came across like she had a very vested interest in keeping me around. Um, I don't agree with what you guys were saying about... um, like Anna sort of faking the conversation about asking about giving me the immunity necklace and all that. I think Anna's seen maybe like three episodes of Survivor full stop. Okay. Um, She is not like a super fan by any stretch of the imagination. She's barely seen the show. Um, I think she was quite genuinely asking the mechanics of it. Um, And like every single time we had a conversation, she was saying like, I really want to go deep with you. Um, and she was pulling, I felt like she was pulling me aside for chats more than most people. Um, so I was like, all right, this is someone who is going to try to keep me around. So I'm really going to latch onto that where I can. Um, I think she's except for Joseph, Joseph, when he sat with you on the rug, when, you know, you had your injury and he stayed with you and then you voted him out anyway. And you say you weren't a villain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, look, Joseph was the person I, I just, I didn't trust him from basically the second we arrived. And, uh, I did genuinely appreciate like him sitting there with me. And I, I said that in that voting confessional, but he was still the person I wanted out that round that, that never changed. I Mm. can appreciate it on like a kind human to human level, but he was not good for my game and he was gone. Yeah. Haley, I'm marrying someone from when you. It's Zaddy Simon or Icon Joseph. Which one am I picking? <laughs> oh, for you? For us. <laughs> <laughs> My love is your love, babe. Oh, the three, you, me, Simon. It's a match made in heaven. <laughs> We're doing it. Oh he could totally handle us both as well. <laughs> he said that he he said he's not going to get divorced again. So you've missed out. They all say that. Catch me at fifty-five. <laughs> I, I did put to him that you wanted to to, to get it. I on know. I watched, he, that he, bit. I watched. Oh, that you watched that bit. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> this is the camera, camera off the dark. Show. 
Luckily, yeah, this is the spy the, show, not the nice show. We're getting all the juice. She was in the comments, not the DMs, which is good. Oh <laughs> We're just straight up in the comments. We went hard and nothing. Uh, and then, um, do we have anything more we want to bring Haley or do we bring Banfield in? Good question. Have you seen Haley? But but I want to um, CK go. Fine. No, have you seen Banfield since you played? Or is this going to be the first time reunited? Uh, I'm pretty sure this is the, the first time we've really had the opportunity to speak or see each other because we're just in, like, different areas, really. Yes. Um, but you you share a bond. You are both the people that had the sucky thing of just missing out on the merge, which, other than sure being first are. boot, is, like, the worst thing that could happen to you, right? And we were both voted out right around our birthdays, which makes it even better. So I want to hear, we'd get together, and this should just be a bitch fest against the rest of the cast. Let's have some oh, fun with it. What, before that, before that, that though, I'm, I'm yeah. all for it. Um, obviously, your ankle was a huge part of, of yes. your game. Afterwards, uh, did you check it out? What was, the, what was actually the, the problem, or what was wrong? Oh, I, fu- it, I fully just rolled it. Like, it was rolled. It, it was nothing serious um so obviously like that's good. because that's... i was voted out at the end of day one and i was injured and it was raining i wasn't going to stay at the camp i wasn't going to sleep in a tent with a bad ankle overnight that's kind of not my vibe um so my partner's in canberra so i went slept in an actual bed gag um, and it was pretty much fine by the next morning, which just made the whole experience so much better because if I'd made merch, it may have been fine. Um, so you don't even get to stay overnight together the first night. How does that work? You're there. Oh, all- the, the option was there. I chose no, I mean, to as a tribe, like in the game. So, oh yes. So, um, yeah, we, Banfield and I were booted, like, uh, it was probably, 7 p.m um maybe 8 p.m even it was it was fairly late so is Um, it a one a one night game no that's just the pre-merge oh wow yeah so could could the contestants go home before the pre uh, for this first night or did they have to stay there and sleep i believe i believe all the people who like made merge stayed Um, I'm pretty sure that they sort of had to, but um, the people who didn't kind of had the option. Um, I was planning on it originally, but obviously the injury kind of got in the way of that. I didn't want to sleep on uneven ground in the cold and potentially worsen my injury. So so there's no accommodation for those that were voted out. It was just a tent. It was, it was just a tent or if you already had accommodation or something. Because um, um, I think on Survivor Canberra season one, Ash told me that after the first day, they all just went home or went to a hotel or something and then came back for the second day. I so think, in season I two, th- they've upped it. Yeah, I think yeah. part of that was also because the campsite like kind of flooded or something. Yeah, I think Ash said something like that. Uh, <laughs> How did this one not flood? Like, oh my God, that rain. Oh, don't even get me started. Hayley, at least you had an umbrella the whole time. Well, yeah, I, I specifically needed the umbrella so my fucking bandage didn't get soaked. I don't yeah. I don't think I, I would have wanted, like, athlete's foot or some yeah. god-awful yeah. infection oh. on top of a bandage. Fair, um, Fair enough. So at least we got to keep that dry. 
Right, let's bring in uh, Bradley Blake Banfield the third, Triple B. All right, so it's the first time you guys have been able to connect since you played. Hello, hello. Shared shared connections. Shared drama. This is so cute. I know, um, right? Um, I had walking pneumonia. You had an ankle injury. We both got voted uh, out basically on our birthdays. It was both on the pre-match. I know. That's how it makes it. Happy a, birthday, you a, two! It's a beautiful little intermingle. Thank you. <laughs> what do you? You've been watching. Okay, so let's let's do a quick. You both watched up to here, obviously, and because you never got to play together, you only saw each other at the challenges and things like that. What surprised you about each other's games based on what you understood and what you've seen now on the show? Whoever wants to go first. first. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> honestly, I had I had so little frame of reference for, like, anything that was going on on Purple because, like, you guys never went to Tribal apart from the Grace one and we were basically outright told by Nick at um, like the sacrifice thing that Grace was going home and we were like, okay, cool. We have one dynamic <laughs> and it was probably a unanimous vote. So anything <laughs> after that. And it wasn't. It wasn't a unanimous vote. Well, it, it wasn't. It yeah. wasn't unanimous. Yeah. But yeah. for all intents and purposes, <laughs> yeah. it felt like it was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was kind of hard to get um, – any sort of read on I guess I guess I I would not have had any clue about the sheer impact of Namegate. Um <laughs> like that that has been an absolute ride to watch unfold. Um and it's absolutely like in my eyes that is one of the most entertaining things to happen on the Purple Tribe. I agree. Like oh, it's a, it's purple, a purple, purple it's drop a is so simple, boring. It's not even it's a like pretty simple dynamic. Babe, just tell us your goddamn name. <laughs> purple <laughs> drop is so boring. This has really kept it going. Like it's not like orange and all your chaos and shit. This is just like got nothing going on because they're all just being kumbaya. So like the name gate has been amazing. Like I don't get excited with the Love Rocks quest. I get excited yeah. by name gate. You want to know the best yeah. part? It's still What's not my fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Breaking news: His name is Ben. A year in the making. <laughs> Release the birth certificate. Release the birth certificate. It comes out and it's like Ben Field, and it's it's um, double barrel. Banfield, <laughs> <laughs> Banfield. Um, <laughs> did you? Um, okay, what about you, Banfield? What did you what are you Banford in terms of Haley's game? What what have you surprised or enjoyed that you, you weren't aware of? Well, the dynamic that we understood on Windu was that Simon was like in control because you know he was charismatic, he was uh, you know a little bit older, so wiser kind of thing. Um, and he was good at challenges. So we thought, you know, you guys wanted to keep him around. So we expected him, James, um, you Haley, and John to be like a type four. Okay. Um, so that was that was sort of what I was putting um, to my understanding. But what surprised me about your game was um how you were the most socially charismatic one, like nothing personally against you, but like you coming out as like in the actual season was you were like bored out of your fucking brain <laughs> over at Orange. And I figured Why if were you were bored? Tribe, you would have had the time of your life. 
did you see some of those early conversations? We heard about the Joseph ones. They went on. Oh, a while, I, I was I was more referencing that that round one um, tribal council where I was like, we talked about books, reading, um, like I I was I was the person who had to keep the conversations moving. <laughs> mm, okay, don't worry. Uh, someone you. someone needs to do it. Someone needs it's to keep things right going. <laughs> Sorry. So you you found the co tribe conversations boring, but. It was too exciting having to vote all these people out, right? Like you got to play a lot of Survivor. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, like it was. It was. It was just those very early ones that it was like before we you get to, before the game starts rolling. Going. Yeah, before the yes. game starts rolling. I, yeah. I would. I would have been bored out of my mind on Kubadang. I need yeah. something to happen. Yeah. Um, although I was, you guys got Connor, so you know you win some, you lose some. I was bitter about that. <laughs> You particularly a stan of Connor, or is it just anyone from Australian Survivor would be pretty exciting? Both. I yeah. adore Connor, and I think it would have been very poignant as someone he got injured in the first episode of his season when he burned himself. I think that would have been a very cute little story, um, and it's a very big part of why I voted Joseph out. That was personal. He, oh, because he, he cost you the Connor. He cost me Connor, and I was like, "You're done. It's over." He was he was exceptionally bad in that challenge. He was awful. I wanted <laughs> was... to go. I wanted to be the catcher because that was when my ankle started playing up. But I also know how to catch. You would, um, you would have done better with a. You would have had a. You could have been in a broken ankle and still done better than. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Would have you, uh, one up, Joanna, calling like with the whole. His his amazing eyes situation. His amazing how would eyes. Have, how, ah, oh my god! How would How would have you beaten that moment, Haley? What would have you given us? What would you given the viewers? Oh, it's 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 hard to say. Um, I I probably I probably would have made some reference about like, oh, this is a spiritual soulmate. You're you were injured. I'm injured. It's meant to be. Um, <laughs> life clever. imitates art. <laughs> Yes, Sophie, bring up this comment, please. Sophie okay. says, ha-ha, Hayley and Joe are going to the way to get to Connor. <laughs> no, oh, it, 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 when we said at the time, um, and I've made some jokes about, you know, some people don't know who he is and whatever, but, like, a lot of people here are big Survivor fans, and I once paid, like, I don't know, $200 on an eBay auction for charity to have a Zoom call with Benji. So, like, you know, the, right, like, yeah. You know, like really? that's what we do. We're we're fans of it. Like we want to have that that access, and it was a huge reward. And he really, like, I I would if I was you, I would have taken charge and said, "Zaddy, you're catching the fucking things." Like you know, Simon could have caught that shit in about five seconds. I take charge. The it's it's interesting because so much of that challenge from the perspective of the people who wanted to be catchers. Jo my understanding was Joseph volunteered for that because he didn't want to have to run to get the sandbags if, like, we didn't get them in because they told us we had to run down the hill to pick them up. And he's like, I can't run. I love him. I would when die you can't run? Like, he's injured or, like... Oh, he just, I just don't think he was very good at running. <laughs> Put that was, coming <laughs> that was my understanding. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> he, can't, he can't run and can't catch. Yeah, take a struggle. 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel but like he, he did say we had him, we we obviously had him on the podcast a couple of weeks back, and he said he did. In fairness, say he should have done the puzzle. He <laughs> absolutely <laughs> should have. He could he could have done literally anything else. And I we think he probably would have been good at the puzzle. He probably would have good. He could have been good. Oh. Did you do the puzzle? What about you, Banfield? You didn't do the puzzle. Were you interested in that? It was strategic that I didn't do the puzzle. I yeah. absolutely love puzzles. Mm. And I thought, well, I'm already a bit of a, a physical threat. Why well, would I want to be a, a mental threat as well to being good at puzzles? So I was like, hey. physical threat? You're, yeah, you were the physical threat? Banfield was Banfield. the challenge beast who was targeted <laughs> specifically for being a challenge beast. Oh, they were the challenge tribal council. In fairness, he did clutch up in a lot of those early challenges. I was going to say, yeah, Banfield's the reason we lost um, the first challenge. It was him and Simon. No, Dom and is Dom. the reason you lost the first <laughs> challenge. Simon's foot was not out of the circle. Dom's just making shit up because that's what Dom does. Was. 100% was out of the circle. If it, even if it was, those circles did not need to be that fucking small. I would agree. Like, They're putting Dom in a hard position to make a line. What? What is the point? Oh, keep your feet inside a, a circle this big. Good luck. Stand on your tippy toes. <laughs> this is great. This is the sort of content you can get on the off-brand show because we don't have to be nice of these. We're, we're unaffiliated. <laughs> in fairness, we all had to stand in the same size circle, but yes, it was fucked. No, what I, I know. Actually, I... see, was I was swinging around on one leg like a goddamn pendulum against Simon. Yeah, yeah, Did that one also... that. That one was close. Did you also win the sandbag thing, or was that Nick at the end? That was the Dorts and Crosses. That was, that was win use only win. Oh, was that against? You no, know, it was against Nick. At yeah, the end. That's that's what, was, that, was our, that was our that was our only win, one. and yeah, yeah. that was also the only immunity challenge that didn't come with a reward. Yeah, so hmm. we didn't want to win it. So you know, we just how much? <laughs> so how much? How much of the food did you guys eat at the eating challenge? How far did you guys get? Remembering. Uh, I threw up at the second one. The sardines, really? Yeah, the, the sardines. Yeah. You were out second on that, weren't you? I, I took I took too much of a big bite. Like I just like tried shoving the whole thing in, and just like got lodged. I was like, oh. Oh, and and Haley, you went out on the oysters and jelly. The oysters in jelly. If if they'd been fresh oysters, like salty, that would have been fine. No, that shit was that was dried oysters. That shit was concentrated, oh, like, can, like canned. Yeah, that shit was concentrated, and it made the entire cup of jelly taste like oyster juice. It, Ooh, but there, it was delicious. also like each person had a different flavor of jelly. You could see they were all like colored. Yeah. That wasn't yeah. flavorless. Like it was. I think mine was purple. It was probably like black currant. Right. So it was like yeah, a right. fake black currant jelly mixed with the most pungent dried seafood stench yeah um that was literally like an entire cup of jelly and i was like this is just this is rotten i think i could have i think i could have done the fish eye i think i could have even had a chance with the um with the Centurion. egg at the end yeah. those that Fucking jelly was the rankest thing I've ever put in my mouth in my life. And like, I stank for hours afterwards. You see it tribal. <laughs> I, I did, but... Your gas problem was not a joke. 
That no, I literally burped in Mel's face like four <laughs> times at tribal council. With your oyster jelly breath. Oh, she she was like, you, I hate you. You stink. It's probably why she voted me out. <laughs> and I will not a, blame her. There was a good point when there was a group of you talking and you just kind of came in and went, burp. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it, was, it was so embarrassing because that was the only thing that was literally the only thing I'd eaten that day. We didn't get rewards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I only know. thing like, in my stomach was shit jelly <laughs> that tasted like oysters. And Anna somehow just powered through it. So like, I'm feeling good. I feel a bit bad, but I'm feeling good. Like what a powerhouse. Um, look, we've gone an hour and twenty here. We've gone longer than the super long hour and fifteen episode that we just watched with your boots. Um, so I think we'll wrap it up. And I want to say thank you both for coming on. Um, this has been some really great content. You know, that's what we try to do with our show. We want to spicy. <laughs> and you guys have been super spicy. There's some deep dive information that we didn't know, which is fantastic. People get all the juicy tidbits here. So we love you coming on. And uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, really appreciate you guys putting yourself out there to play one of these games. A lot of people don't understand why people do it. Like you get nothing from it. Yeah. You're putting yourself at risk. You're putting yourself a chance of not being liked by your whole tribe or somehow getting a hero edit you didn't want. Like that's just part of yeah! the risks you take. Or, or, right? or an injury in like yeah. a one-day game of... I also injured myself on a one-day game. It took me nine months to get my knee back. Um, so, I yeah, I know how you feel. I think that's just old age. Yeah, it is a factor. Um, so, uh, so uh, yeah, both both in there. Uh, so, yeah, I know how that feels. But you've got to throw yourself out there and, uh, and, and a lot of people don't get it, but we get it and we love it and we love this community and we love people coming together and celebrating it. So thank you for playing and thank you for coming on um, and for being such great. Uh, value to the content of this season. You're both obviously stars of the of the pre-merge. Um, and without stars of the pre-merge, it's a really boring season because nothing really strategically happens there. So you need the stars, you need Absolutely. the big characters, and that's what you guys were. Where it's at, we stand the pre-merge. Yas Queen. Thank you, guys. And also a shout out to Schneider. Don't forget the 2023 Maverick Cup coming up in just two weeks. Oh, my God. Schneider for the win. Schneider. Thank you.